I have a pool in my backyard and in-ground pool. Uh, I live in the middle of two and a half acres surrounded by woods. And I drank a bunch and I went and I was laying by the pool. And the next thing I know, I'm stepping on something hard. Yeah, I guess I had blacked out and walked out into the woods. Welcome to the Superhuman Fathers Transformation Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're about to witness some of the most incredible transformations that have ever happened on the planet. And just by listening to this, you will be inspired to have your own transformation. If you're listening to this for the first time or you're one of the brothers in the brotherhood, go leave a review on the podcast and let the brother or member know how amazing they did and how incredible their transformation was. I'm Kyle Carnahan, founder of Superhuman Fathers, and not only am I going to change your life, I'm going to get you ripped as fuck. You guys, I'm so fired up right now, not to mention, well, not just because this interview is going to be awesome, and I'm so grateful for the man we're about to talk to, um, but this, again, you guys see it, I, I have to mention it all the time, I have to, I can't not mention it, this is the greatest men's group of all time. I mean, the support here is the support here is undeniable. And it's because of you guys and your willingness. We, I was just at a Zoom call with some new members just talking about how there are no assholes in here, but it's actually we're all assholes and we, <laughs> and we just recognize it, you know? And so it's like no one's got to front anything because we've just accepted the fact that we, we suck and we're leveraging that to connect with each other and, and steal each other's excuses. And I've had a few um, opportunities to reach out to a couple brothers today from some messages that were sent my way. And Greg Lowe shaved his face. Holy smokes. <laughs> Look at that handsome devil. Holy <laughs> smokes. Um, now, now they, I, I had a few messages today and I, I felt it myself a little bit. And just some of life's crazy. It, it's crazy. And we were, we're so about being undeniable. And so about being perfect and, and no matter what, we're going to hit our macros and we're going to go to the gym and you're seeing all these guys post their flexes. And then there's a moment where you don't do that. You miss, maybe you miss a few days. I don't know. Maybe it's a few weeks and you get in your head and you start to shame yourself. Now see the fake self, the resistance comes. In resi the resistance comes to pride or shame, whichever one he can get you with. But anyways, go back into this situation where I'm feeling about that because I never get my mute done. I never figured that out. I'm so ashamed, right? But you're going to get this and you're going to feel like you're not him. And guess what? You aren't him. You can't be the elite you. You can't. That's the beauty of it. Unlimited potential. You're never there. And so I need you to hear this right now. Someone in this group needs to hear this right now. You are not your failure. You're not your failure. You are how you respond to failure. At whatever time frame that looks like. So right now, forgive yourself and get back after it. Now, do it now. I love you guys. I've been sitting here all day. I'm emotional. Like the power here is insane. It's unstoppable. And it's all because of that concept. You guys are unwavering. You're unwavering in your pursuit of perfection in your, and your willingness to share 
where you have failed and are failing and what you struggle with. Because what does that tell me? I'm not weird, man. I'm normal. And when Greg says something, who's been in, in it, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But when Greg says something about alcohol, something he dealt with with a long time where he was afraid that he, his liver was dead, where he finds the space to be able to say it's actually just the same as craving food. The shame is gone. The shame is gone. It's not, there's no bad, there's no good. There's just being in line with your values. So I can't wait to open this up with Greg. I sent him some questions and I forgot all of them. So we're just going to get after this. Um, I do want to acknowledge any new members that are in this Zoom. We love you. Welcome. Please just open up. And also, let's just talk about Gino because we love Gino. What's up, Gino? (laughs) What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Hey, he's going to get posted here soon. It's close, bro. How you doing, Gino? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Back, good. back on the grind. So good, good. to see you made, guys. It made me smile um, <laughs> as you came in here. Made me smile. Anyways, Kyle, um, for some reason, I feel like I, I, as right before we start this interview, I just want to acknowledge that you're in here, the big dog. Did you have anything you wanted to say? I just feel like I, I got to open up just for maybe two minutes. Maybe there's some gratitude that needs to be shared. I don't know but I feel like you need to say something. Uh, I just want to say amidst the chaos of life, there's this place. And it's the uh, sanctuary. The sanctuary is Rhett says. It's a refuge, man. It is. And it's funny because I, I had a, I had a chaotic day. Oh, if I could just bottle this and put it inside you, you'd be like, Oh shit, Kyle. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was your day. Are you okay? And yet, amidst all that, there's this place. This place that it's all about. The purpose of it all. It's all right here. And it's beautiful. And so none of that matters. None of the stress. None of the chaos. None of the work. None of the any pain we go through. This is working. We're proud of you guys. It's magic. And I don't even feel worthy to be here. Like, I, I don't even, it's just a gift. That's all I can say. And to watch Greg go through what he went through and to be able to share <laughs> what he learned through his process, um, it's going to be awesome. So we'll just pass it over to Greg. Here we go. Welcome, Greg. Thanks for coming. Greg is here. And, uh, bro, thanks for taking this on short notice. And um, you guys need to know my conversation with Greg was a special one. It was when I was more in the sales spot. I was, you know, just uh, I, I was collecting leads and I was just setting them for Kyle and, and trying to build this. We were still a little quite smaller at the time. And Greg was finishing all my sentences in our, in our call. I was, I was outside the gym. He's finishing all, and he's, it's kind of like, I already know that he didn't say that though. You know, he didn't say that he didn't, you know, and he just, he came on board anyway. And so I think, I think think you said that I was a better salesman than you. Yeah. Selling the program to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Exactly. And I was just like, okay, you know, like, how do I help this guy? Because he, he knows it all. And so maybe we could touch on that a little bit later, whatever. But that was special to me because it isn't about you. It's not about what you know. It's about the community that you have and the people that you have impact on. You can know everything, but it doesn't serve you unless you're applying it so you can inspire others. So, Greg, let's kind of open it up. Quick background. Maybe before Superhuman Fathers, where you were at and why, what, what kind of pushed you into the program? What, what made you pull the trigger? Yeah, so I don't know. The, the feed came up on my Instagram page because I kind of thought I'm into nutrition. I'm into fitness and weightlifting and all that. I have been for a long time, despite being drinking pretty heavily for the last 10 years. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just clicked on it and I was seeing all these transformations. I'm like, man, that looks pretty good. I wonder what that's about. And so I gave a call to Ryan, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I was never a big athlete. I mean, high school wrestling, football, I played, I played football in Europe for a few years at the end of high school because I was living there, um, surfing. Then I was a power lifter for a while, just kind of dabbled in that. Um, but I felt very constrained by powerlifting. My, my program was all regimented and my diet was all tight. Um, it was fun, but I got a dog. I live in Philadelphia and I was taking my dog out in the woods to go, go for a walk. And I just wanted to go run with my dog and I fell in, fell in love with trail running. And that led to me becoming an ultra runner for about five, 10 years. I kind of started off with 50 mile races and 40 mile races and 30 mile races and a marathon and then just kind of petered out. And my drinking was ramping up at the same time. That had something to do with it, I'm sure. But then my job, I work in hospice. Uh, I have a counseling practice at my home. And so I was working like 55 hours a week and couldn't really go to the gym. And uh, so I did body weight stuff for like five years or so, uh, really in the guy named Mark Lauren. Um, he did all the special, the programming for the special ops and their, uh, physical stuff, I guess. Anyways, but yeah, the drinking was getting more and more. It got to the, you know, I come home in the evening and I just want to relax and want to have fun. You know, I just want to chill out and feel good. And I discovered over time that I was chasing a feeling, you know, and I had to drink more and more to get that feeling kind of chasing the dragon is what I called it. Um, yeah. And it got to the point where I was drinking maybe half a fifth a night and I, I didn't never drink beer because it was too filling. I couldn't, you know, took too much. Didn't want to get fat, you know, all those extra calories. So I, <laughs> I, you know, so I'd get the liquor out and I'd pour one, two, you know, hit a shot, maybe two shots, three shots, four shots. And then I'm feeling good. And every time I walk through the kitchen, I'd be hit by the impulse to grab another drink. And so I'd, you know, pour another couple shots and, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve 12 drinks in until I passed out. Um, I drove many times when I shouldn't have, even with my kids in the car. So I'm ashamed of it. Yeah. So probably here's just one little vignette towards the end where I have a pool in my backyard and ground pool. Uh, I live in the middle of two and a half acres surrounded by woods. And I drank a bunch and I went and was laying by the pool. And the next thing I know, I'm stepping on something hard. Um, yeah, I guess I had blacked out and walked out into the woods 
you know, I was walking in rambles and rocks with my bare feet. I just had a pair of surf trunks on t-shirt. I didn't know where I was. It was the middle of the night. And, uh, yeah. So I, I'd stepped on some sharp rock and that kind of sobered me up enough to bring me back to consciousness or awareness of my surroundings a little bit. And walked, I saw some kind of lighter sky through the part of the top of the trees and kind of walked up to the road. I was about maybe a half mile from my house and walked back to my house. I can only imagine what people were thinking, seeing this guy walking down the road, you know, in shorts and t-shirt and barefoot. And I walked in the door. My wife was in the living room. My kids were in there and they're just kind of looking at me like, where were you? And I had briars and stuff all stuck to me and scratched up and my feet were all bruised up. So that was kind of a wake up call. But so I wanted to, to do something different. I was having a lot of pain my right flank and my left side too. Um, I couldn't sleep for a damn every night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and have to drink a lot of water. Uh, I'd be sick the next day until noon every day. I'm not sick, physically sick, but feeling terrible. So I could eat something at lunchtime, you know, snappy with my kids. And that just cycle, you know, by, by the end of the day, I'd be feeling good. And I'd want to start drinking again. And I just did that for quite a long time. So I got on the call with Ryan. And so I have the problem was, as you guys talk about it, I wasn't aligned. With I think my it was with me, wasn't it? Or was it with Ryan? Was it Ryan first getting, and me? Yeah, I'm getting there. So I was going to say, I, I was, though I agree yeah, with I everything. I set him up. I set him up for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dream team, so, bro. <laughs> I mean, I agree with all the principles, but I wasn't living it, you know, largely. Maybe in some areas of my life, I could help people quit drinking. I could help guys stop masturbating. I could help guys love their wives better. You know, I'm a counselor, um, but I was being self-centered in my own life. And uh, so I could agree with everything Ryan said, but then I talked to, to Kyle and Kyle's like, well, why aren't you hitting your goals, man? You, you know, obviously, you know, you know a lot of this stuff and I got program hopping and, you know, I drink too much. He's like, well, how much you drink? And I told him and just like shook his head. He's like, man, it's got you by the balls, man. That's what you said. Said, you're an alcoholic. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I still, I, I, I don't think I am because I didn't have any kind of physical withdrawals. I just quit. You know, I went from drinking to just quitting and I didn't have any, I just felt better and better and better every day. So I don't think I was physically addicted, but my mind, those habits, you know, the habits and ways of thinking and being enslaved to my self-centered desires, you know, wanting what I wanted more than wanting to be a good man and love the people around me. So it was a shift of all that mental perspective. So when say, you know, I told you what I did, you know, I, I would, my wife started hiding the alcohol and I would, uh, <clears throat> I'd go around the house and I'd find it and drink it and put it back and she'd find it and she'd be pissed at me, obviously. And she'd encourage me to stop drinking for a long time. And she never really came down on me, but at one point she's like, I'm going to divorce you if you don't quit this. Um, I didn't, I didn't care. Well, I cared, but it didn't stop me. Um, so, yeah, and when I told you, yeah, my wife said she lost respect for me, you just kind of shook your head. And then, and you're like, yeah, come on, man, come on, let's go, let's do it. Yeah, I'll help you out. So that's how I started. Amazing. It took, wow. some, it took some balls. Terrible. I mean, that was, that was a chunk of change for you, I know. That was a commitment. You guys stretched yeah, got, it. Yeah, it, it was tough. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Yeah, I just quit and jumped in and better and better every day. So 
Okay. And we, we obviously know you're because you have the background in fitness lifting. We saw your, your physical results. And so I don't want to focus so much on that. I kind of just want to make it an open ended question in this journey that you've had through superhuman fathers, but it's also been a personal journey. What other characteristics have you either developed found again, or what are some other things that, that you, um, that helped you in the superhuman fathers program that way? Accountability. That's everything. Attending the zoom calls, getting the, you know, sharing the mindset, you know, imbibing selflessness, um, not being, you know, just challenging the thinking that it's all about you and what you want. I know that's a, you know, a way to, to destroy yourself and everybody around you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, as you were saying at the beginning, uh, Ryan, it's like, this is my, my church. This is where I feel like how the church should be functioning, uh, where, you know, her church is meant to be a hospital for sinners, right? Where you can go and help each other be transparent and encourage each other. But, you know, with our counseling practice, my wife is a fairly prominent person in the community up here and I I'm less so, but I didn't feel like there's anybody I could go to talk to about my struggles. So I, I joined for that accountability where I could come and be transparent and be challenged and have people challenge me and, you know, put my struggles out there. And because, yeah, it's not, it, I, like I said, you said, I kind of discovered that, that, that the inner impulse to, to drink or to eat sweets or to, you know, stay in bed longer or, you know, whatever I want to do that I thought was going to make me, it, it feels the same, you know, so we're no different. My thing was alcohol, you know, Mikey's talk about his former addictions as other people have. Um, and Kyle will talk about his, he's a food addict and it's true. It, it's, it's those inner desires are all exactly the same. So I'm not ashamed to put out my, my weaknesses and my struggles because we're all the same. We're all trying to strive for the same, same thing. We all have the same struggle to be self-controlled and to deny ourselves to do what we think we need to do, you know, to do the better thing. So, so let's dig in there a little bit. Um, two things when you talk about the accountability, because the structure of this program, it's not very structured. I mean, it encourages accountability. Some of the best, right. You kind of back yourself up because you have coaches and then you have your brothers and then new guys coming in. But what are some, some ways you were able to leverage the program to find that accountability? Um, and how did you stick to that? Let's start with that question. Well, if that makes sense. I mean, Again, this is not one I sent you. Yeah. So, I mean, you would tell, you'd reach out to me, you know, in the beginning you'd, at little video calls and you, Hey, no drinking today. You know, just remember no drinking today. Yeah. And that was, it was, it was easy in the beginning, you know, knowing there's people who are going to ask you, like I said before, like last week, when I met with my friend to kind of quit porn a number of years ago, get out of that. I knew he was going to be asking me, Hey, did you look at anything you, you know, you shouldn't have, you know, you, how's your thought life? You know, you've done anything you shouldn't do. You've been masturbating or anything. Um, so that be, in itself became a deterrent because it was quite uncomfortable to have to go and confess that and be transparent. So you knowing people are going to ask you things. And I know you guys are trying to incorporate that more into the program and make it more overt. Uh, kind of direct uh, confront, not confrontation, but checking in. That's going to be helpful, I think. But I just, I just leverage it whenever I, I did something stupid, like my daughter's twenty first birthday. 
you know, I had one glass of champagne and then all bets were off. You know, I think I had three more and a couple shots of tequila and then I ate like half a cake or something, something crazy like that. And I just, the next day I'm like, man, I shit the bed and put it out there for everybody. And, you know, Chris was like, don't worry about it, man. Keep going. No, first he was like, damn, that's bad. And he, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he said too. It was written exactly like that. <laughs> He's like, well, okay, well, I guess that's behind you. So yeah, it was bad, but yeah. So put myself out there. Don't, I would just say to everybody, don't be afraid to put yourselves out there. It's why we're here. We're all the same. We're all struggling just in different ways. Um, yeah. And this is kind of what I wanted to dig into with you because there is a superpower there because some people are in, unable to do that. It might be fun to dig into as, as to why or what allows you to be able to do that because th you did drink. It did happen. Yeah. And you didn't allow the shame of the perspective of shame to grab you and, and hide or leave because of, you know, you've seen all these other guys that don't even drink or have never had an issue with drinking. Right. There's guys, that, but there's also tons that have. Right. So I guess that's my question. For, if you've got a message for somebody who's struggling with something or struggling with that ability to be transparent and vulnerable. Are, is there a thought process that you have or is it just an understanding now? What helps you do that? Because it's important to do that with your family, too. You know, to be in almost every situation, to be able to be open. And uh, help people understand that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. You well, know? I think it, it comes from desire. The way I understand human motivation, how people function. People are, you, you, we live, we're motivated by what we want. We want something. And you're going to do, what you do is going to be the outcome of what you want the most at any one moment. And so it wasn't, you know, you guys probably seem a little nervous because I want you guys to think well of me. And therefore that makes me nervous, right? When I, I want you guys to, I want to love you and speak truth to you and be helpful when I want that more than when I, then I want you to think well of me, then my emotions calm down. Right. So your emotions are like a, a representative of what you desire. And so I wanted to be sober. I wanted to work this program. I wanted to get better. I wanted to be selfless. I wanted that more than I wanted to hide and lie, you know, put up a false front more than I wanted people to think a certain way about me. So I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to put that out there because I wanted, I wanted help and I wanted accountability. That's why I joined. I wanted that more than I wanted people to think of me in a certain way. So I wasn't afraid to be transparent. This is really powerful. I love that you the way you present that too. And um, I see the other side as, as a lie too. It's like, is you're being lied to because in, in, especially in this group, when you opened up, was there ever a time where you felt uh, that someone shamed you? Never. No, of course not. You know, not I, in fact, the opposite happens because we yeah. see the strength in it. And so it's all lies. It's a lie anyway that you, that you put you, you, everyone respects an honest man. Like it's just, you can't help it because it's such a powerful attribute. I have felt that from our first conversation, I felt that from you and it's allowed other people to you, you've given them the opportunity to see that, right? That's the other thing, guys, not to take from your jam here, Greg, cause you're crushing it right now. But when you guys come in here and you expose something, you, you turn your belly up, 
And you're like, here it is. Here's all my skeletons. Here's my weakness. Take it. And you then you see all the other men saying, thank you. Right. There's going to be a new guy in here that wanted to, it's like that, you know, ravenous dog or whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden he's just going to, like, Oh, that's how we do things here. And he's able to be healed. And so you have to be brave because the, that emotion that Greg's talking about is what makes you selfish, self-protection. Anytime you try to protect yourself, you're going to lose everything. You got to give it all away. It's not about you. So Greg, my other question then is I, I kind of wanted to talk about marriage. For some reason, I'm feeling like I want to talk about your marriage because you have this relationship with your wife. She's seeing this. She's seeing how you're stuck in, in these ways and other things that you've dealt with. How ha has her perspective changed with you? But more importantly, this is kind of a crazy question. How's your perspective changed in response to her perspective? <laughs> And if that, I don't know if that makes sense. How has that relationship? How has that relationship changed with your leadership, at least in in you you taking a leadership perspective of yourself? That was the craziest question I've ever heard. If I ever asked yeah, that like, on a podcast, no one would make yeah. it would make zero sense. <laughs> well, because you know this stuff is not new to me. This this attitude, this perspective. You guys are not espousing something something that good men don't know you know yes yes um, we all, it's not we all new. Wanna, yeah we all want to be selfless loving and if you have a proper perspective on fatherhood and marriage servant leaders you know so i was doing that some <laughs> but i had this major area where i was falling down so I'd say it hasn't gotten that much better because I wasn't a total failure. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> there was some... that's good. Yeah. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll dig in there too, because I love the statement. Like uh, Kyle says it, we've all said it. I said it in the, the last, just the call I was on a second ago is you can't control, you know, what you put in your mouth. You can't control what comes out of it. Like the, it's a similar muscle. And yeah. do you feel since you've been able to kick that, that there's moments where you want to say something or you want to judge something or you want to think selfishly and you're just that much stronger to be able to sit in the suffering so you can be selfless or, or not really. Yes, I'd say that's, that's accurate. So like one of the notes I wrote just based on that idea, kind of reflecting on what you're going to talk about from the questions you sent me is like fasting. The, you're, Denying your belly is like the, the, the beginning point of virtue. Like if you're just living for your oh, belly, let's go. you're a slave. You're a slave to your appetites. You're just a base person, you know? But if you can control your, your bodily desire for food, then that, like you're, you're asking kind of has a wider effect across your person in general. So yes, I definitely noticed that and it was not, again, not a new concept, but I did it. <laughs> and then, therefore, I felt the effect of it uh, more broadly. So, Is there anything yeah, specific? I, Is there anything specific you can share with us? Or do you just think in general you're more patient? Um, or is there any specific events that you've seen it? There doesn't have to be. I'm just digging, you know. I have a couple of 
No, I mean, not, not necessarily. It's more broadly, like my more, my stance in life, the, the more I'm able to do that. Well, I mean, that's just your, your food. It's more a moment by moment. I mean, my job helps me too, because I have to be present for the people in front of me who are dying and their families. So I'm, I'm, I'm always having these challenges to be not just obviously when I'm putting my, my mouth, but where is my mind focused? Am I with this person in front of me? Uh, and I found myself counseling people where I'm thinking about my workout coming up or what I'm going to eat for dinner. And, you know, this, the skill to be watchful towards yourself or what's going through your mind. And that was one of the, you talked about challenges. You asked me about challenges I've had in the, in the, through the, the Go course. for it. Go there. Just take it. And right before that, that statement you just made, made to be, I love the, be- it's beautiful to be watchful of yourself so that you, you can be present so you can serve. You're, it's yeah. like you're watching your selfishness. I just, that is, that word watchful, I, I love that, man. It's like a steward over yourself well, and, and everyone else. Yeah, in the Orthodox tra- tradition, it's called nepsis, like being, being <laughs> watching your thoughts, yes. you know, keeping watch over your heart and your, your mouth. Um, I used to joke around, like I would counsel in the evening from like five until 10 straight through you know, five sessions after five hours of sitting with someone or sitting with people where you're not thinking about yourself, you're focusing on the other person, understanding them, trying to enter their experience, speak truth to them, help them in their relationship. I'm the best man I am all day when I come out of that, you know, That's unfortunately cool. my, my wife's asleep, so she doesn't get the benefit from it. Usually, you know, I wake up a self-centered person again the next day, but so I forgot the question you just asked me, but no, that was perfect. That was answered just perfectly. Uh, and you said it was talking about challenges. That was the next thing you were going to go to is some challenge that yeah. you experienced. In this. So when you watch yourself, you know, I, I had that observation that these feelings for eating more or wanting something sweet uh, is no different than lust or, um, or the desire for drink, you know, they're the same phenomena internally. And so I noticed as I'm watching myself, the ways that I would lie to myself, like when I, I kind of hit a plateau at 1850 calories and you drop me down to six or Chris dropped me to 1600. Those first five days, like I pounded cookies every night. I wasn't ready. I wasn't <laughs> mentally ready. I'm like, oh man, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I got time here and just all these lies I would tell myself, you know, I, I eat 1500, no, an extra, you know, extra 200 is not going to hurt me. What's an extra hundred going to do? You know? Just these little lies I would tell to myself in my thinking that I started noticing uh, that I really had to get a hold of and clamp that junk down. And, and so I became more self-aware in those moments when that would be happening and, you know, stomp on that stuff and remember, rem- remind myself of my goals and these things that I want to happen and kind of really fuel those desires better, breathe some life into them. Yeah. I want to talk about, I love everything you just said by the way please take notes people that this is so powerful and i love how aligned we become and i just it when you're living it because greg you knew it that's the thing you knew it but now you're living it with your brothers and it just it really you can feel it you can just feel the care in your voice and the honesty in your voice that moment when you slipped up i'm going to go back there your daughter was involved and i don't know why i'm, I'm feeling like i want to bring that up I want you to, exp- I just, and I'm just going to say that. I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to let you maybe share that experience a little bit, how you felt, what you saw, what came out of it, how you overcame, 
you know, just, I don't know why, but I'm, I, I feel like I need to ask. Yeah. So for the first three months, I didn't touch a drop of anything because I thought I was dying. You know, I was afraid to go to the doctor to get really checked out. I mean, bad pains in my liver, you know, and I was reading about like, I was reading up on, you know, PubMed and stuff. Obviously, worst thing you can do when you have symptoms. I'll never um, do that. <laughs> go, on the, go on the internet and start reading. What does this mean? And so I, I was pretty sure that I had uh, cirrhosis of the liver. And I, I mean, I, I mean, literally, I sit with people dying from that disease. And a guy my own age, just a week prior uh, to, to, to when I went to the doctor, you know, I walked in the hospital. He died right in front of me. Um, my same age, 54. So I was really scared. And so I had no desire to drink at all. I wanted to live as best I could with the time that I thought that I had left. I didn't want to hasten things more. And not all these mental images of me on my deathbed and crying, my kids saying goodbye and everything I was going to miss. And I shared that with you, Ryan. I reached out to you and you helped me in this wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, inspiring conversation. I love it. Well, yeah, you totally helped me. Like, you know, we're all going to die. Now show us how to live. That's what you said. Show us how to live. Like, hell yeah. All right. But I went to the doctor. I got a clean bill of health. And that's when the temptation to drink again started, you know, real, real for me. So it was my, my daughter's 21st birthday. My wife got out champagne, you know, and put some sparkly stuff in it. And I think like raspberries or something. I'm like, yeah, looks good. I'll just have one glass. I got a, you know, exactly. Memento Mori. I got the Memento Mori hat. Got the Memento Mori mug, got the Memento Mori necklace, got the Memento Mori screensaver on my phone. Let's go! I got a picture of a skull that says, what, what you are, I was, and what I am, you surely shall become. Uh, we are alive, but we're going to die. <laughs> Beautiful. Did you have that stuff before this experience? I did. It's, it's but something you... Yeah. Is, I did. That's fun. Tell me, tell me as your perspective changed, what, what, why is that so special to you? Um, I know, I know I, I just totally took you on a whole nother train track. We'll come back. We will. Um, well, for me, it has more to do about judgment, you know, and wanting to please God, not wanting to be a, an idiot with and waste my life. <laughs> And I used to have a screensaver looking out. It was a it was a picture from the bottom of a grave, looking up, and there was a priest, you know, throwing holy water in, and people standing around looking. I'm like, Whoa. that's going to be you one day. And so I want to remember that I don't want to live like a functional atheist, you know, just me and my desires without any kind of love towards anybody, towards God or other people. So I try to remember that every day. I just think I'm living it better now, even though I had those reminders before. But for my daughter, so you can say yeah. my daughter go, is go, just like, go. yeah, it's like, let's toast, you know, celebrate. And we had a conversation with my daughter about responsible drinking as we're sitting around drinking. But I had that one drink and then I'm just, you know, another half a glass, not going to, no big deal. Drink, drink another glass. And then my resistance just went down the toilet. I think I had three glasses of champagne. I finished the bottle. My daughter had one, my wife had one. And then walking through the kitchen we have liquor in the garage too i think i went out to the garage and just grabbed the bottle and a bottle of liquor and hit it a couple times real hard i think i did that two or three times and then there's the cake it's just like this self-awareness 
you know, awareness of the lies, the resistance, the impulses, the phenomena, what's going on inside of me. Pfft, I was just at the mercy of it. It's like my, like I said to Kyle last time we said it, my resistance to my resistance was gone. <laughs> and I just dove in and I'm waking up in the middle of the night, chugging water, wake up tomorrow, feeling like garbage. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was bad. And so I just, you know, just jumped back on the horse, confessed it, put it out there. Yeah, I really screwed up, guys. Last night was bad. And then just refocused totally on what do I need to do. You know, I think I skipped my breakfast and lunch to kind of bring my calories a little bit closer back in balance, even though I think I blew like a thousand or two thousand calories or something. So yeah, that's how that happened. There's something you uh you share right there that's pretty cool. You talked about how your values and they disappeared kind of, you know, it was, it was gone. Like all that, that you, what was that orthodox word that you used? I should know this. Uh, My brother's orthodox. Nexus. Yes. It was gone. Right. You, yeah. you lost it. And so. Yeah. That watchfulness. Yes. And so I love this, how quick your comeback was though. Like that. Well, and I, yeah, I, go on. Yeah. Re- talk. I want to hear. No, the reason is because I didn't feel that ashamed because I want to just, I, you know, I want to, I wanted to succeed. I wanted to change. I wanted to be a better man more than I cared what you or anybody else thought about me. So I'm like, here's what I did. Screwed up. Why, you know, why did it happen? How can I learn from that? Not let it happen again. And how did I get back on track? You know. If you did that again tomorrow, what would your response be? I think I'd have a little more shame because I, as you guys talked about, it's okay to fail, but you don't want to make that as an excuse. You don't want to live in that. You don't want to keep making those. You don't want to be too soft on yourself, you know, and keep like making excuses for yourself where you do nothing but fail and make excuses all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'd feel I'd beat up on myself a little bit. Like, come on, man, you know, better, you know, instead of, I wouldn't wallow in it but I'd be more disappointed in myself because I do know much better now. Yeah. Here's someone I want to, and I could be a little, little far on the grace side, you know, too much. Maybe you gotta, you gotta gotta prod me and say, Hey, toughen up, Ryan, be harder on yourself. But I would say your quick response is more powerful than your failure, your quick comeback. And that is what you're saying because you're tough on yourself. You go and you show up and you move because guess what? There's other guys in this program, but there's other people around that are screwing up and they're in the shame and they, they maybe have gone three months and they hit their macros and then they don't. And they're like, they're just broken. And you come in and go, Oh yeah, I just freaking drinks. Yeah. I went, I went ham, not proud of it broken. Like, yeah, I don't want to do it, but also I'm just going to get back right on the horse. And so you have a guy in here who's hiding it, who's scared or whatever. And you, it's almost like a sacrifice that you make for people. You don't know it because you can't, you don't want to go out and purposely, purposefully do it. But there's so much meaning in failure that you can attach. Like those guys, listen, Greg, your whole story, the darkness that you were, had let yourself be dragged into, not bad or good. Just that lack of that word you just said, I already forgot it, right? That lack of being able to look at yourself and detach and see exactly where your values are at. You doing that and then coming out of that, 
you're more powerful than you were before. Because there's men, I, I haven't been there at least maybe in, with alcohol. And so they can make an excuse because they don't understand yet that you know, I was a pizza boy and that I was so, I was just as addicted to pizza, bro. <laughs> you know, or whatever. But I look at, look at David. He's like, you know, yeah. He's like, he's like but I, okay, good. I, and I appreciate that, David. I'm not trying to connect. I'm not trying to steal. What I'm trying to say, okay, is you went deep and it was a sacrifice. David, your past, you understand it. 20 years ago, you going there was a sacrifice. Chris is in here. Chris Martin, it was a sacrifice, right? I think Plant, I think he had it too. I don't know. Joshua, I think, look at all these men in here. You know, it's a sacrifice that, you're made, that you made so far. And it could be because you're fat. It could be because you ate way too much for years and you have zero control. Well, guess what? It's a sacrifice that you've made to reach those that someone else who hasn't been in that dark area can't, they can't. So think about them. That it's your moment. This is your comeback story. This is your, your, you know, and I'm going like epic here and I don't really know that much. Okay. Like Odysseus and stuff, but you know, it's your, it's your epic. It's your story. And Odysseus almost makes it home. And then he's blown all the way across the, the sea again, right? You know? It's the same thing. You just, he saves more people, does more good. And so stop shaming yourselves, you psychos. And just freaking, would you, would you please just inspire me with your comeback story? Like right now? Thank you, Greg. Continue. Sorry, I went on a rant. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter the substance. It's all about the pleasure. You're living for your own pleasure. Food, orgasm, Selfishness. You know, being laying on their couch watching TV, being slovenly. You know, you, you want something and it's giving you what you want. You know, you just you gotta want better things. It all comes down to serving yourself or loving and serving others, really. Doesn't matter what the way it looks like for you. How amazing is it that it's just set up this way? Like we are drawn to self-destruction. I mean, just feel that for a moment. Like the way life is set up, it's, it's perfectly set up for us to overcome this or to be destroyed by it. But we're all the same. We all desire these things that destroy us. And it just, it just proves the power behind this self-denial. Yeah. Restraint. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Christian. So in the biblical worldview, we're created to love God and live, you know, trust what he says and love other people. And what we're talking about is the inversion of that. I love me. You know, this is the good life as I define. This is the good life as I want it. This is the evil life, the evil things I want to avoid as I define it. I'm going to be like God knowing good and evil. This is the good I want. This is the evil I don't want. And I center my whole life around what I want to make me happy. You know? Well, and and what, what, what is the distinction between God and man? What, one of the differences is God can suffer infinitely. You know? He did, right? Well, if you look at that yeah, story. I mean, he shows, showed us what it really means to be truly human. Yes. You know, he, he did what was always pleasing to the father and he loved everybody around him. 
Yeah. And what what a cool what a cool way to present that message because if if I want to be that way, that pure selflessness, pure service, there's suffering attached. Yeah. You know, like you must suffer infinitely, like he did. Kind of crazy. Getting, we're getting we're getting religious in here, but I love it, dude. Let's go. It's, it's, not, it's not religious. It's 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 a story that you can learn so much from because it follows exactly what we're trying to do here. Amen. We we do the most. We need the least. Yeah. That's it. We use all kinds of stories. You know, we get stuck in a box where if we're not Christian or whatever, we're like, we're like, oh, that that's that Jesus story. I. That's such a weird thing that happens to us. You know, we get put in boxes and we, we need to open our minds to, to these stories that can teach us regardless of our, our beliefs. That's just something that I've ran into the last couple of years of finding my own blocks. You know, it doesn't matter where yeah. it comes from. Just listen and learn from it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make you a godly man, Kyle, eventually. <laughs> I mean, regardless, the more that you live for yourself, the more you atrophy and you're going to die. You're going to kill yourself. That's it, bro. It's just like you said, I want to live a happy life. It's like purpose over pleasure will always give you more purpose, right? I want purpose in life. Well, there's some pleasure that you're going to have to give up or you can chase the lowest level of happiness and just go seek pleasure. And you'll have moments that are great. You'll have moments short-lived and then the rest will be shit you know yeah so it's all these kind of messages that drew me to this group you know exactly what you're saying like that that's true that's true yeah that's right that's true i i need to get in this group (laughs) i need to get in this group and show how i'm not doing that and see what how they can help me and we can all do this together you know so let's put you in that moment again you know there's guys coming into it right now um, and is there anything that, uh, you would tell yourself, you know, as you were coming into this group, are there any tips or anything that you'd want to let that guy know? Yeah, for me, it's different for me. It was be humble. You don't know everything. I thought I knew everything. And in one sense, I'm, I'm aware of all these things, but I just had to humble myself. Shut up. I remember one of the first zoom calls. I didn't even know how it worked. I was like, I was driving in my son's convertible, you know, <laughs> talking about uh i forget what it was but yeah i'm like oh man i feel like such a prick look at me act like i know everything and it's like a week in you know and, and after a while i'm like i just need to shut up work the program be humble you know listen <laughs> and apply our first book club remember i sent you that message because i'm pizza boy i don't have any i don't have any accolades you know but i after the first book club i was like i, I think you we'd already had the book club or just started right if you joined and I asked you like how it went because I was like, okay, Greg does this. <laughs> I was like, okay, Greg, how did I do, bro? And you gave me some good <laughs> feedback. I appreciate it. That was, it was really nice of you. I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. You managed that Zoom call well. Yeah. Yeah. So no, my, my advice would just be to listen, to, to, to learn. And what I've already said, like be watchful how you how you're talking to yourself in these moments and know that phenomena of what's happening when you want to eat more when you want to break your commitment and the goals that you set how are you getting in your own way you know what competing desires do you have that you need to kill beautiful 
Okay, so I'm I'm going to ask you then. Um, you, how can you show it? Maybe what what are the most powerful things that, that you have about your self talk? Maybe you were just sharing that. But sometimes, remember, self talk is self talk. It's in here, and some guys didn't need it modeled. And so, is there anything specific about self talk that you st- think is essential in your progress to selflessness? Oh, I did not hmm. prepare him with that question either. That's a that was a bomb. I, I don't. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, here. Uh, for me, it's just, uh, just it's. it's I think it's going to be specific to each person. For me, it was the ways that I lied to myself, and I just told myself, you know what? If you can eat that, if you want, but you're going to drag this out another two weeks. I think I could have been done two, three weeks earlier if I hadn't had that week where I wasn't mentally prepared when I dropped the calories. And when there was that week where I was scared, I was going to get smaller. You know, it's getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm going to lose all my muscle. And I think I dropped 155 pounds. I'm, I haven't been that since high school. You know, I was, it's crazy. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I believe you guys. I'm going to go for it. So I just, but that, that idea, I recognized that was getting in my way. And so I put it out to the group. I said, here's something I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think? So I, I took my internal monologue that the, the way I was thinking, my fears, and I gave them to you guys and said, help me critique this. Help me understand this. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, nothing new. It, it's a myth. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Anything you lose, you'll, you know, it's going to take you, ten, you know, two years to put 10 pounds back on a muscle. You know, no big deal. You know, don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, all right. And that was tough. That was tough. But, um, yeah, but I did it. So I think just, again, paying attention, it's, you're going to talk to yourself specifically in your own ways with your own fears. You're going to get your own way in your own way, if you know what I mean. You're going to sabotage yourself with your own particular way of thinking based around your concerns. You have to see those things. And for me, it was like, I don't want to do this forever. It was a little bit uncomfortable. I was never really hungry, but I always wanted more. You know, like my stomach never growled, but I always wanted to eat more. I said, well, I can do that but I don't want to keep dragging this out. You know, this is not particularly fun, you know, denying myself like this all the time, completely. My food choices were very narrow, you know, eating different meals with my wife, which she was pretty, pretty good about. She tried to make meals to in line, you know, low fat stuff that everybody could eat. But yeah. So Amazing. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about self-talking particular other than saying you have to know how you talk to yourself and how you get in your own way with the way that you're talking you're muted kyle oh sorry i thought you said that was beautiful that was no, that was beautiful my, my little my little girl has started screaming that's her new thing now <laughs> and uh i think i just told my wife i was like well we got another ronin there's two of them <laughs> <laughs> well isn't that is that that's where we start out as so that's like the the glutton that greg was talking about as a baby yeah, and, just and only with feelings you just think with feelings in different ways <laughs> whining you know yeah and, and, and complaining it actually never stops it's just and then you'll get you, yeah you'll turn into the old wise man that's like the the, the the life cycle you want to be the old wise man as possible as selfless mm-hmm. old man do we want that's to see possible. if anyone had questions for Greg before yes, we uh, that, finish this? Hundred percent. That's that's the next thing. Um, we got we we can go a little longer if needed, five ten minutes. But if you got a question, please throw it out there. 
he was very articulate. It's almost like <laughs> it was like I got all my answers. <laughs> We're very boring. It was just perfect. No, it was it was absolutely perfect, the culmination of an incredible comeback story and adventure. And um, I have no doubt. I mean, there, there'll be hundreds of people that'll come in here and uh, be able to talk to Greg about his experience. And many of you, many of you have have similar experiences. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, which which I see uh, on occasion, is people that have done some hard shit in the past sometimes do very well at this right out the gates because what they they they're able to take what they've done in the past and kind of put it towards what they're doing now. Um, and so it just it always reminds me the things that we do now that are hard for us and difficult and painful and long and just create battle fatigue and drudgery. Like we get to carry that stuff with us, you know? And, uh, and I see it in you guys, some of the guys that start and just annihilate, like you've gathered some power uh, before you got here. So those of you that struggle and there's may, and you haven't maybe been through some, some of that. Hey, it's like the wrestler who shows up to jujitsu, bro. The exactly. white belt wrestler that shows up to jujitsu. So like, if you've been like training self-denial, and then you come into this, like you're going to do better than someone who hasn't simple as that. So don't beat yourself up. If you're struggling and you see these guys knock this shit out in like 90, hundred days, like they have a different background than you. And usually if you dig, you're going to find something where you're like, Oh, you've been training. Right. So um, I think we got Ryan Augustine. Yeah. And I think Colby had his hand up too. So go Ryan. Greg, thank you, man, for sharing. This is, this has been awesome. Yeah. Ryan's first comment was, "You look like you're 21." <laughs> Dude, I, I, at first I didn't, I didn't even freaking recognize him. I'm like, "Where's, where's Greg?" But <laughs> <laughs> well, that has to do with my wife, and uh, we made a little wager that, you know, kind of tit for tat thing that you know, she did something, and I had to shave my beard, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, like Greg's, Greg's son showed up, but Greg's not here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um i greg i just I'm, I'm curious like how's the journey been with uh with your wife and family like um are, are do they believe like what what are what's what's that been like are they still kind of like all right we're still waiting like fill, fill us in well my wife started calling me a bony old man towards the end of it you know making fun of me you know grabbing my rear end when we're you know together um <laughs> um and my kids were like, dad, I got abs, man. Look at that. I can't believe it. But my relationship with my wife, you know, people were noticing I was losing weight and I'd be like, yeah, I'm part of this group. We're trying to be the best men and husbands and fathers we can be. And it's all about self-denial and serving others. And I shared this before, but she would hear me explain this and she'd say, well, you know, you keep saying that. And she was angry at me for something at that point. But all I see you doing is all you've done differently is wash the dishes, you know? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've been working, like, I'm not a total asshole. I mean, I am, but I was getting some things right. We've been working on our marriage for a long time. We've been married 16 years. We married a little bit later. I married at 38 and she was 35. We're both counselors. So the way that we talk to each other, we're always refining the way we, we fight or have conversations. Like we don't, we're not nasty you to got, each other. You, you got to record one. You got to record one <laughs> for us. <laughs> we're, never we're never nasty to each other. We're always striving to be like not interrupt, not insult, not to think the best of the other person, to seek to understand, 
you know, to draw out what's happening with them, um, which sounds nice, but it's, it's a messy process. So I would say it's not that different because I think we were actually doing pretty well, even though I was, I was shit in the bed totally with my drinking, but that was kind of isolated because I, you know, I, I was at night. My kids would often go to bed. They wouldn't see me wasted. You know, I drink a lot and pass out, you know, and wake up in the middle of the night. Um, so I'm more present, much more present. I feel better physically. I'm not snapping at them because um, I feel like garbage. But I wouldn't say that they see a, a lot of change other than I'm just more who I really am with them. You know, who, you know, I, I like I that very, perspective. Yeah. I like that perspective was, because you catch yourself. Oh, sorry. Continue. I don't want to cut you off. I was just going to say, I was, I, I was so stunned in my personality. You know, it's just very, it felt like garbage physically. And I just noticed uh, sleeping better. Um, just, I, I think I said after a month, like my personality, I felt like my personality came back. Like who I, I really am became more present in, in my life. So they benefit from having me that way. But, you know, I don't know. Not not too drastically different, I guess, in my relationships. Somebody else have a question? Oh, I think Ryan froze. Yeah, let's get Mikey B, then Josh. Hey, Greg. Yeah, I, I don't really have a question, buddy, but I just want to thank you. And, you know, you've had a lot of support and a lot of good things to say and a lot of – you've inspired me a lot. I remember that Zoom – when you were talking to Kyle and you're like, man, I don't want to fucking be scrawny, you know, like you weren't, you, you, you didn't give it up. And I commend you that you did, man. Like, you're like, I don't want to be fucking scrawny, dude, your photo. I wouldn't fuck with you, dog. He's 54. <laughs> you're fucking shredded and you look big. So just know, the lighting and the I, angle I of the camera. I think I want to, I want to thank you for all the things that, that you have said. And, and I take it, to heart and it's, it's helped me in my journey um yeah I'm over uh, here. yeah i mean I, I choose not to get out of my own way right now i'm not gonna say i'm i'm struggling with getting out of my own way like i'm just choosing not to get out of my fucking own way right now so but i just it's not about me i just uh i think i want to thank you for all that you uh have done for the group you're a savage yeah thanks man you inspire me you stuff you've shared about your chemical abuses and stuff, you know, where you've gone with that is just like to come out of that is way different and harder than what I've been through. I think like you totally inspire me anytime you want to talk let's do it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Josh. Awesome. Thanks Greg for sharing everything, man. You're like, um, yeah, just like leading by example and, I just want to honor you for, th you know, everything you've done, man. I just, I'm really inspired by you. I, I, I don't know if you mentioned this earlier in the call. I had to jump for a minute, but um, specifically about your health, you know, specifically dropping, drinking. Um, were there any specific like health markers that improved that you, that you tracked like blood work or, you know, anything that, that you, that you saw was like a major improvement in your health from, from not drinking? Yeah. So I had some blood work done back in October before I got, well, yeah, my, my cholesterol was like off the charts and, um, but I was eating a ton of simple sugars, like 
sugar, Mexican coke. I was doing like a repeat diet and I attribute that more to that. But my liver numbers were a little elevated, but not crazy. It was more of the physical sensations I was having in my body that were scaring me. So I went and I got a uh, sonogram, a sonogram, uh, an echo. They looked at my liver, <laughs> basically. And uh, my doctor said it was enlarged from poking on me. And that scared me. Uh, but then they did, a, they did a CAT scan of my abdomen because I was having weird pains in my spleen area. And they did a, a sound thing. What's it called? Echocardi? Not echo. That's cardiograms, the heart. Ultrasound? They, there you go. It did an ultrasound on my liver and it came back all good. And that junk hurt too. They're poking that probe on there. I'm like, ah, damn, that hurts. And I was just depressed, man. I mean, I was, like I said, I thought I was dying, but to, to specifically to your question, no, I didn't have numbers and I haven't gone back after I got the clean bill of health either. <laughs> I probably should. Um, I'm sure my cholesterol, I don't know. I've had, I've had elevated cholesterol for a long time, but I, I was following the whole car, carnivore thing for a while too, before I did the repeat. And, yeah, flip flop and jumping programs and all that, all that prior to coming in here, you know, this really helped me to get just stick a take a, take a program, just stick with it for a while, you know, and that helped me uh, lose the weight. But yeah, the answer is no, I didn't have any real numbers. It was just my physical sensations and that global feedback. Yeah, you're good in there from image, the imaging that I got in my abdomen. Yeah. Well, just can't thank you enough, Greg. This, I was very looking forward to this. And uh, you didn't disappoint. We knew you wouldn't because it's just truth, man. You can't take away the savage from a man. A rare man's a rare man. And we learn rare things, you know. So I, I can't, again, just thank you. And I think we'll, we'll shut it down. Thank yeah. you. And here's the best part. Greg's just getting started with his adventures, right? We all are. Doesn't matter where we came from or where we're at, this battle never ends. Or your got, age. Just yeah, kidding, right? your age. young buck. We got to keep the demons at bay, and to keep them at day, bay, we have to keep fighting and to keep climbing up that mountain. It ain't easy. So keep it up, guys. We're proud of you. Um, we we pull strength from you so much, and uh, you guys have a great night. Thank Let's you. Go. Thank you for leading by example, Kyle. guys. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Greg. You're the man. I was just, I was just saying, no, thank you. You know, you guys lead by example. We're all just following your lead and mutually and trying to spur each other on. We're all doing the same struggle. That's it. Let's go. All right, go serve your families. Go, go crush. Go, go. Uh, delete your desires. No more. You don't need them. Serve. Peace. I hope you enjoyed this transformation from superhuman fathers. And one thing I want you to know is that anyone can do this. Yes, even you. Go to superhumanfathers.com and apply for the brotherhood right now. Next time on Superhuman Fathers Transformation Podcast. I never realized this because I was pretty ego blinded, but uh, my wife was actually the rock and carrying the load. <laughs> she was uh, leading, leading the household. Um, but I think what's, what's different, uh, again, is this one, um, being able to, to show up and, and respond and, and execute. Um, but two, in the midst of a storm, 
Um, I think it was Ned last week that talked about kind of the captain feeling like the captain. It's like, what would what is the best response here? So not reacting so much with emotion and operating from a place of fear, but more so um, operating from a place of optimism and love and and accept, like I said, just being willing to accept and and try to um, operate from from that place instead of a, a fear based mindset.